The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show where it's always Thanksgiving season. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today in what apparently is going to be the first in a series of Christmas sweaters. You're darn right it is. Is Ashley Pickle. Howdy. How are you? Wonderful, Ashley. I'm doing great. <laughs> you know why? Because we just had the best day of the year. I'm so done and you with know you what? already. And you know what? And we just started the show. You know what, guys? Thanksgiving was awesome. And I hope your Thanksgiving was awesome, too. I'm sitting to my right, the QPR one to my Darby County one, our West African Prince, Stitchmill Johnson. How are they looking now? Not awesome. Okay. They've, they've, hit a, they've hit a rough patch. Okay. They've hit a rough patch, but we're, it's okay. Check um, the table. Let's get to, I think they're 10th. Okay, yeah, that's Ish. fine. Uh, middle of the table. Yeah. Get to the new year. Hit it, get a heater. We'll get going. They ran. They, they played like three or four top of the table teams in a row. Oof, that's in like, rough. In like three weeks, and it was like they did not do great. So, yeah. anyway, <clears throat> don't worry. QPR will be fine. I know you guys were worried. Today is Monday, December 2nd, 2019, 360 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 867, 867, the number of plate appearances for Brian Downing in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Do we have first four through the door, Ashley? We sure do. It is um, Aaron Flynn, Brent Homan, Rob Hathaway, and Sean Burnett. Welcome in, guys. Uh, on today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We'll do it live. F it, we'll do it live. we got Monday morning fallout, or we'll overreact to the football weekend. Uh, we will have, uh, then we'll be joined around 1220. 20 minutes into the podcast, you'll see, uh, by the head coach of the regional finalist, Valley View Eagles. Coach Curtis King will join us. Coach King, uh, in his first year there at Valley View and making noise into the regional finals this week, we will talk uh, with Coach Curtis King. We'll reveal the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees as well as the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. And we'll wrap it all up with the season finale, the final campus crawl. Because after this, we'll just do postmortems. So, uh, there you go. That's what we're going to do. Is that okay with you, Ashley? There is no need to be sassy. I'm it's not a being, Monday I'm, morning. I'm asking you if it's okay, if we can just continue the show as scheduled. Yeah. Okay. Sounds just making great. sure. Are you doing okay? I was doing fine until I got berated for my Christmas sweater. Nobody now berated you. I'm a you. little butthurt. Nobody berated you. Hey, Ashley. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hit the air. It's time for Monday morning fallout. <laughs> Monday morning fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and yeah, we'll have some stuff, we've got some stuff to talk about. Talk, we'll start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one is champion's disadvantage. So, we lost three defending state champs this week. One, I don't think is a surprise. At least, we saw the writing on the wall that if you want to make an argument that Mason maybe bowed out a week early than we thought, mm-hmm. they lost to Holland in the regional semifinals. Um, but I think it was pretty clear that um, they were probably not getting out of Region 4. Right. Um, they end up losing to 
uh, Holland in the game that everyone's talking about from that region, and nobody else is talking about anything else. Anything? <laughs> no other game. We should probably. It's not. Up, it's, it's not mentioned on my on my rundown. So we should probably mention uh, the Shiner Refurio game. <clears throat> yeah, that that happened. Which was. <laughs> insanity dear god shiner had that game won about nine different times mm-hmm. and refurio finds a way to come back and win it uh 45 42 in mm-hmm. one of the wildest games you'll ever see that was a game i was streaming yeah i was streaming the game on texan live i was watching it and it there were there was like three or four times because my wife my wife was um, she when she follows high school football. She follows it basically only if she knows the town, right? And so, for reasons that I'm sure you can imagine, she really likes Shiner, <laughs> and so she um, and so it was like so we were watching that game and it was like something would happen and be like oh, okay, well Shiner's got it now, yeah. And then it, I, that happened like five times. Where it's like, oh, and they gonna, never won. I was about to say, and it's like, oh, now's the time. Right? That was a like that was crazy, mm-hmm. ridiculous. But anyway, we we lose Mason. We'll have a new two A Division one champion. Um, again, another maybe a little bit more surprising. I think would be Newton losing to Dangerfield. Yeah, we thought. It, I think it would happen. Think we thought it would happen around earlier. Yeah, maybe around yeah, later. M- around later. Yeah. Another game. Another time where we thought, okay, Newton is a really good team, but maybe not up to that standard that they have been the past couple of years. They look vulnerable, at least more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dangerfield plays a fantastic game. They they rally. I think they score sixteen in the fourth quarter and win over Dangerfield. So for the first time since two thousand and seven sixteen, we will have a new three yeah. A Division two state champion, and then. There was 5A Division One, The banger of and, all bangers. And it was the game we had circled. Ashley, you were there. I was. Uh, for Frisco Lone Star in Highland Park, Volume 2. and It was awesome. And it lived up to the hype. And you saw what I appreciated about that game was that you saw the coaching um, tweaks that teams made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Specifically that Randy Allen from Highland Park came in hell-bent on making sure that Marvin Mims did not beat them. That because Marvin Mims torched them the first time they met, mm-hmm. uh, and he was going to make sure that they did not beat he did not beat them single handedly this time around. Now he ended up scoring the touchdown that eventually would force overtime. Right, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they shut down Marvin Mims. He was he was relatively quiet in this game. Double covered him the entire time. Instead, the other guys stepped up for um, uh, for Frisco Lone Star, and in overtime they pull out. A 33-27 walk-off win mm-hmm. over Highland Park. And so for the first time since 2016, 2015, we will have a new 5A Division One state champion. Uh, the last, do you know the last, I'm, I'm thinking about this now, the last non-Highland Park 5A Division One state champion was George Ranch. Oh, the Darius Sanderson year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's, it's the, uh, look, they slayed the giant, yeah, and they did something. I think we are going to look back in history on what Lone Star did to beat Highland Park twice, twice. once at home, mm-hmm. and the other in what is essentially their adopted home. <laughs> right. That I don't think any team has played in in AT and T Stadium besides the Cowboys more, more than Highland Park. Right. Well, and that's the crazy thing too is we're all thinking, okay, they've done so well this game, they've got the chance, they score the touchdown, but then it gets to overtime and you're thinking, oh. Can they do it in over? I mean, if it's going to if you're going to beat them, you need to beat them in 48 minutes because you don't want to take them to overtime and then Yeah. 
there they went. You're and exactly it was awesome. Right. Well, in Highland Park, um, it, Highland Park misses a field goal mm-hmm. in, in their position of overtime. That ended up not mattering. Right. Uh, because uh, Lone Star uh, scored, scored the touchdown, touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, to win the game. But it is remarkable, and suddenly we are down to seven defending state champs remaining. <clears throat> Thought number two, Bloody Sunday. This is, it always happens. This happens. Uh, yeah. It's 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 Black Monday mm-hmm. in the NFL. Black and Sunday, and, and it's and it's Black Sunday in college football because we had uh, a lot of coaching movement. Mm-hmm. Um, North Texas has fired. If you missed this, North Texas has fired both of their coordinators, uh, including Bodie Reader, which I think would represent one of the more disappointing tenures because we had really high hopes for Bodie Reader. They've hired. They fired both their coordinators. Tom Herman at Texas has fired. Uh, he fired. Uh, he fired Orlando. Orlando. He reassigned Tim Beck. Real, reassigned Tim Beck, and there's apparently a lot more movement going on at the Texas staff. Yeah, apparently the speculation is that the new coordinator will obviously want to bring in his guys. Yeah. So, like all their position coaches might be gone, or mm-hmm. some of them might be gone. Um, yeah. I know Brian Carrington. I think is the only staff member on the road right now yeah. for that for recruiting. So. Yeah. They're already and they're already losing some recruits. Yeah. So Texas is going through flux. But then the the big news. Uh, comes out of San Antonio, where Frank Wilson is out after four seasons with the Roadrunners, and um, personally, like personally, I'm sad about this because yeah. I like Frank Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, he was all—I mean, from a media perspective, he was always very good to us. He was always mm-hmm. very generous of his time, blah blah blah. But more importantly, like I thought that he was the kind—I thought that he was a good fit for for UTSA. I thought when they hired him, I thought it was a relatively inspired hire. One thing that I feel like is not fair to Frank Wilson is he got hired from LSU. He was an assistant on the LSU staff under Les Miles, mm-hmm. and he pretty immediately got tagged as, like, recruiting guy. Right, which, take that what you will. Like, recruiting guy. And it's like, you know he's the mm-hmm. head coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, And I wonder if there was a, always a level of of distance that people held him at arm's length because he's like, oh, he's just a recruiting guy. I don't think that's, like, he's a recruiter. I don't think that's fair. Mm -hmm. And I think that he got a little bit of a bad shake. Now, that said, this is a results-oriented business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And UTSA did not win enough. They did not show signs of improvement enough. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that was something that really kind of bit him in the butt, too, was the fact that his first year there, they became bowl eligible for, like, the first time in program history. So you start off so well, and then you watch that decline, and it makes it even tougher. In many ways, it is is kind of similar to what happened with Kevin Sumlin. That Kevin Mm -hmm. Sumlin at A&M became a victim of his own expectations. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened for Frank Wilson. that He took him to a bowl game the first year, and it's like, here they come. Here comes that sleeping giant we've been talking about at UTSA, mm-hmm. and it just never materialized. That is certainly on him, and I want to make sure we're, we're giving him respons- we're, we're, we're assigning the responsibility. I understand why UTSA fired Frank Wilson, mm-hmm. but there's a variety of different circumstances around this that make this that make it where I, I, I don't feel I'm I'm just I'm sad about it. Yeah. I think that's just fair to say. And two more uh, two more head coaching hires that might have repercussions in Texas. Um, obviously, Arkansas opened mm-hmm. up a while back. That could potentially wherever that staff goes or wherever that head coaching search goes. But Ole Miss, yeah. Ole Miss mm-hmm. is an interesting Power Five job that would not hate going into Texas for maybe a Sunny Dykes or something mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, so two head coaching hires to watch out that could have repercussions in this state. And so. and I'll just say it. I think Matt rules. Phone. Someone, they're gonna. Matt Rule is going to have to tell people no. Right. Okay. And I think right now he's put Baylor in position to 
where he feels comfortable saying that unless it's yes. like a Penn State Correct. or like did, an NFL job. Did y'all see that some Ole Miss people started a GoFundMe to raise a billion dollars to get Nick Saban to go to Ole Miss? <laughs> There's a legit GoFundMe for it. Uh, Nick Saban, I mean, Rice has won their last three games. When's the last time Alabama won a game? Just saying. Hey, Just saying. not wrong. Mike, Mike Bloomgren <laughs> greater than Nick Saban? I, I'm just asking <laughs> questions. This is why it's called overreacting to all the moves. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and thought number three we meet again. There are 15 rematches in the regional finals. That's a lot. 15! That is, I was, I was on the air with Craig Way this morning on his radio program. And he speculates that that is a record. He thinks, like, he said, I would need to do some record, but 15 is a ton. Yeah, we were talking about in the Slack, like, what would you, the games you would kind of yeah. pick to swing the other way, and it's like, man. I don't know. There's a couple. There's a couple. So here you go. Here, um, here are the rematch. I think I took Holiday. If I had to pick one, I think I took Holiday over Gunner. I like that pick. De- so. uh, Denton Ryan and Colleyville Heritage is a rematch. Yeah. Wichita Falls Rider and Lubbock Cooper. Fort Ben Marshall and Manville. That's another one I could see flipping. La Vega and Argyle, another one you can see flipping. Mm-hmm. That's easy. You know, Lampasas and Liberty Hill, Pleasant Grove and Gilmer, West Orange Stark and Silsby, Geronimo Navarro and Wimberley, Brock and Pilot Point, another one I can see flipping. Mm-hmm. Columbus and Hallettsville, another mm-hmm. one I can see flipping. Gunner and Holiday, you mentioned it. Paul Pute and Dangerfield, that's a four-point game the first time around, and those two teams hate each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, East Bernard and Ganado, Groveton and St. Augustine, and Blum and Jonesboro, all rematches uh, there. And by the way, that Blum-Jonesboro game is a state semifinal. So... Um, Big doings. We've got all your coverage at texasfootball.com. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Lancaster running back Trey Bradford. Carried the ball 22 times for 159 yards and three touchdowns on the ground in Lancaster's win over Frisco Independence. And, and you know, it strikes me that Frisco Independence is very similar in, in some regards to McKinney North, which is the team Lancaster beat the week before. Mm-hmm. High-powered team, get some stops, run the ball out. Now Lancaster gets to date with Frisco Lone Star, and if you're pen- if you're if just because Lone Star beat Highland Park, you're penciling them into a title game. <laughs> be careful, be careful. Uh, a helmet sticker to the Texas A&M Commerce defense. The Lions continue to roll. They beat Colorado School of Mines, uh, and they are through to is it the quarterfinals? I think it is. Yes, mm, I think so. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure of Division Two. Uh, getting hot at the right time. David Bailiff's old squad. And a helmet sticker to Amarillo Tescosa quarterback Joseph Plunk, who carried the ball 34 times for 257 yards and six touchdowns. They have had, in their last two weeks, step tweet this, I think they have attempted zero passes. It is very, is not fun to go up against the flex bone. It's just not. And Joseph Plunk is doing that Should thing. Should I again. change it from QB to running back? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean. But he, well, I guess it, that's it true. Technically, <laughs> he's more. I would say he's more. If you want, if you want to change it to spread back, he's probably a little bit more okay. of a spread back. Okay, thanks. That's six <laughs> nine, that's six Three teams to watch. Ganado. Uh, there's not a ton of upsets in the regional semifinals, but Ganado over Poth certainly qualifies. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor keeps on chugging along, mm-hmm. doing that thing again. Uh, they are through to the I think the semifinals of the of Division Three. Uh, and Mainer. Mainer! Looky there for Ish. We were so happy for Oh, you. my gosh. That game was so much fun. <laughs> they beat Cedar Park 17-14 oh, on a last-second field goal. They were down 14 nothing. Is that right? Or 7 No, it was, uh, I think it was, it was within a touchdown for most okay. of the game. But 
It was that. It was that old like Cedar Park lead where they're up mm-hmm. seven. And it's like, oh, no one's scoring. It feels like a hundred. Yeah. yeah. And then they just ran the uh, Jordan Whittington Quero offense, where it's like, hey, we're just going to give it to Taj Brooks the entire second half. Well, we make the entire play now, Taj Brooks, <laughs> yeah, man. So, so Maynard is through to a regional final where they get Alvin Shadow Creek. Yeah, we won't talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three to C. <sighs> Lake Travis and Converse Judson, volume 10,000. Uh, again, they'll meet in a regional final. Lake Travis has had Converse Judson's number. Uh, this is a really good Judson team. Uh, can they get over the hump against this Lake Travis squad? We await to hear the word about Hudson Card. This is around mm-hmm. the time when then he was saying he was going to be ready. We are going to find out later this week if he will be ready. Uh, that would obviously be a bit of a game changer if he could play in this game. So, uh, Aaron Flynn asked that. Do you know how many years in a row that's been for those two? This is the th- I would need third? to look it up. It's at least the third. Yeah. I need to look it up, though, because um, it's been a lot. They made me, They see each other a lot. Yeah. Baylor and Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, uh, 11 a.m., and suddenly, potentially, for a spot in the playoff with Alabama's loss. Now, they're probably rooting for Oregon to beat Utah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they need to, for Baylor, I'll say this, <clears throat> they would be well-served to run up the score on Oklahoma if they're going to win. Maybe, but you don't, wanna, I don't, you don't want Oklahoma to drop. That's true. I think, I, think it's a cl- I think you're looking for a close win. I am. I'm really worried Baylor's going to win and they're going to get left out of the playoff. I mean, probably. I, I mean, they, I just, they, they'd look they, for an yeah. excuse for like a. You've got to remember, guys. I guess. Right. Yeah. You got to remember that the playoff is not designed to put the four best teams together, guys. The playoff is designed to put the four most desirable quality, you know, teams of that caliber in there. And the bottom line is that Baylor is a small private school from the Big Twelve, and they're going to do whatever they can to keep them out. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's just kind of reading the tea leaves and understanding what the situation is, right? Go back to the TCU-Baylor thing, right? Mm-hmm. And Strawn and Richland Springs, this game finally got set. It's going 7 o'clock at Shotwell Stadium in Abilene on Friday. And uh, you want to talk about the old dynasty. Richland Springs very quietly going for their record ninth state championship. Uh, going up against the new ty- dynasty, the two-time defending state champions in Strawn. Figures to be a fun one. That is Monday morning fallout. We're at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, including the recruiting edition, which just went to press. Uh, you get two magazines, that plus the 2020 Summer Edition, Plus a year's worth of exclusive online content like Tep and Step, access to our archives, all sorts of good stuff. Um, and again, wink, wink, you probably want to do it in the year 2019 for the best deal. If you're into Black Friday deals or Cyber Monday or whatever today is. I don't know what today is. In Cyber any case, Monday. In any case, thank you. Uh, become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. Ashley, let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in the head coach of the regional finalist, Valley View Eagles. We're joined by Coach Curtis King. Coach, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm excellent. How are things in beautiful Valley View, Texas? Valley View is good. Valley View is good. Well, I'll tell you, it seems like uh, the, the town's got to be a buzz right now uh, with, with what you guys have been able to, to, to put together. Uh, you know, you guys get that big win over Crawford. I, I'm interested, what was the celebration like after your 33-14 win over the Pirates? 
Yeah, you know, it, 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 was, it was a good good celebration. Um, we kind of kept everything like we've done all year. Um, enjoy it Friday night and uh, Saturday morning. We have to go to work. Well, and you guys have been have been absolutely uh, fantastic all year long. You know, this is uh, a program that you are that that last year just five and six obviously not up to you guys' standard now something obviously uh, has clicked for you guys what do you see as the biggest difference maybe from last year's team to this year's team you know uh last year as an argyle assistant coach uh, when i came in here this year um the, the first thing i noticed was we, we had an outstanding group of seniors i got 13 of these guys and for my first time meeting with that group um starting the summer summer conditioning um, there's just it's a special group of kids and they, they worked their butts off this year and uh, it all starts with them you mentioned you're you're there in your first year there at, at Valley View moving over from an assistance position at, at, at Argyle uh, is is it fair to say that the kids have have bought in pretty quickly on on what you've been selling they, they, they really have you know that last year was a disappointment to them. They, they were five and six and I think to the play to, to the player um, Especially seniors, they were disappointed how how last year ended, um, and that they they come out this year and that they've done everything that we've asked. That we, you know we brought a new system in on offense, uh, played around defense a little bit, but kind of went back with what they did last year. But they they've done everything we've asked and more. We're talking with Clint or Curtis King, the, the head coach of the uh, Valley View Eagles here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation hashtag TF Today. All right, coach, I want to go back to the, to the Crawford game. Uh, because there was a key play that if, if you weren't watching it, maybe you missed. Uh, but it's you guys, it's it's a close game. You guys decide at fourth and eight on your own 35 to run a fake punt. Ends up being a 25-yard first down. You guys end up going down uh, and, and scoring uh, and making it 19-7. to Um can you take us through the play call and, and, and why you felt like, I mean, that's a pretty risky play right there in a, in a really tight game. It, you know, it, it was. Um, I, we we saw something on film that, that, that we thought may be there during the game. Um, we haven't had a fake punt all year. Uh, we worked on it once in practice this week, and um, I saw it earlier in the game. Uh, when my punter took the field, I, I gave him the signal, which was just, just to look for it. If you see it, you can go. He kind of had the green light to make a decision, and uh, this time it worked out perfect. Uh, you guys are a squad that, um, an old school squad, you guys keep the ball on the ground uh, for, for the most part, and, and the guy who does the majority of the damage for you guys is Clint Epperson, a guy who's, who's already over 2,100 yards on the ground, 36 touchdowns. Uh, you know, we can look at his numbers and, and tell that he's special, but you're the guy who gets to see him every day in practice. What is it about uh, your senior running back that sets him apart? Uh, Clint is special. He's a uh, he's a hardworking kid. Um, again, he's done everything we've asked. He's a workhorse in the game. Um, but what helps Clint a bunch is we have a, another senior, Luis Morales, number thirty four, and they they work together really well. I mean, it, it's two different styles of running, and um, you know, I, a lot of times we're calling plays, and I don't even know what running backs in the game because they kind of switch each out, out for each other. Um, there's some plays we have such for Clint. Um, but I think you know, Clint's a great running back, but when I can offset him with Louise, it just helps us even more. Uh, on the other side of the ball, your defense has really stepped up. I mean, that's a, that's a good and, and physical Crawford squad that you guys were able to, to, to hold in check. Uh, overall, when you take a look at your defense, what do you think has been the key to you guys' success on that side of the ball? Uh, I think, number one, we have a great defense coordinator. Uh, Mark Davison, he's been here a long, long time. 
um, when I took the job, I, I wanted to be sure that he was still going to be here, and uh, I'm grateful he's on my team. Um, the, the, the kids respond to Mark really well. Uh, he, he's done a good job of um, putting the right kids in the right position. Um, he watches an unbelievable amount of film, and I, I think uh, the, the the boys last week, we, we told them it was almost like cheating because we thought they were so well-prepared in our scouting report from what Mark had done that that we we felt like we had a good idea what they were going to do and how they're going to do it. Uh, so now it's it's you guys are, are moving on. I'm, I'm I'm interested. You know, each week that the spotlight gets brighter. Each week, you know, people in town are talking a little bit more uh, about it. Do you sense a, a different uh, a different attitude, different vibe around around the locker room around uh, around the field house these days? Yeah, I, I really do. I think uh, the kids, you know, the, the kids enjoy it. You know, we haven't been past the second round in 27 years. Mm. Um, so you know, this year's the first time we've done it. These kids, they understand what's happening. Um, you know, the first the first practice of the year, you know, I, I laid it on these seniors to, you know, you can build something that can carry over for for years to come. Um, there's been a lot of good football played here at that Valley View, but that, that second round had been an obstacle that, that we just couldn't get over, and uh, these kids have enjoyed their success. Uh, it's on to the next one now, and uh, all that you guys got to go do is play San Saba. Uh, you know, not a big deal. Um, you guys, uh, you guys taking them, uh, taking them on uh, in Mineral Wells on Friday. Uh, I know you've been pouring over film. I don't want to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look uh, at, at what you guys are up against on, on Friday night, what do you see in the Armadillos? Uh, you know, they, they have a, a, a great group of athletes. Uh, starts with a quarterback. Um, we had to able to contain him. Uh, we had to play physical. Um, they can throw the ball a little bit, um, but I think the more we we have to control the line of scrimmage, and that's something we're going to practice on this week. Uh, and finally, coach, you know, you you mentioned you were an, an assistant at, at Argyle, not only on the football side, but the baseball side as well. And and yes, sir. And, and that, I mean, I gotta be honest, it kind of seems like you left a plum gig over there at Argyle baseball. <laughs> they, they were. They're doing pretty well. So, uh, so when baseball season rolls around, I know you'll probably be involved in the in, in the baseball program there. But you're gonna be keeping an eye on the Argyle baseball squad as well. Yeah, I will. You know, Argyle's a special place, and I also have a, a place in my heart for them. Um, you know, my three boys went through Argyle, and we won uh, three state championships when we were there in baseball. Uh, they've gone to college now, so um, I'm gonna help some with baseball here, but uh, I'll keep my eyes on what they're doing down there. He is Curtis King. He's the head coach of the regional finalist Valley View Eagles uh, taking on San Saba this Friday night in in Mineral Wells. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win, and best of luck Friday night. All right, thank you. There he goes, Curtis King, head coach, Valley View Eagles, joining us here on Texas Football Today. What a great story. I mean, they were 5-6 and six a year ago. Uh, they bring, you know, Alan Casson, um, you know, steps in or steps down. Um, they they bring in they bring they bring in Curtis King and, and they just get, keep on rolling and obviously you know uh, being at Argyle they they're used to winning there so it's a, a good <laughs> good bit of pedigree there to, to bring in but a uh, uh, fantastic story and now they get San Saba and, and look San Saba is is rolling right now they at this point don't need any introduction but Val- the way Valley View's playing. That is, is going to be a tough, tough matchup and figures to be a lot of fun out there at Ram Stadium in Mineral Wells. So we appreciate uh, Coach Clint King joining us. By the way, some breaking news. This is from, I don't know if our guy had it first, uh-huh. but the first one I'm seeing is from um, 
is from Evan Wren. Did, mm-hmm. did Step break mm-hmm. it? I have no idea. Okay. I'll just I'll credit Evan Wren. No, Evan Ev- did. Evan Wren of Big Country Sports reporting that Cisco's Brent West has stepped down. Oh. So Cisco's looking for a new head coach. That's a it is also large gig. It is also early uh, coaching search season. Oh, it's Step Bomb season. Yeah, he said it. Step said that he's going um, AD only. AD only. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's so a big still gig. In the program, but big job out there in West Texas. So uh, it's Step Bomb season. So keep an eye on Texas football as well. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Rob Hathaway had a cool little comment here. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that – Yeah, he said, did anybody see that South Lake Carroll wide receiver Brady Boyd, that unbelievable catch he had, uh, made the ESPN top plays. He got number yes. three with the one-handed catch. I yes. didn't realize that. That's awesome. Yes, that was awesome. Um, Carroll gets Duncanville this week in, in a rematch of a regional final from last year. and uh, But they're rolling right now. Brady's uh, Brady's mom is actually watching the show. So, hello. Oh, hi. thought that was cool. Hi, Mom. She goes, that's my son. Hi, Mom. I was like, that's a cool feeling. Yeah. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to the players' moms and the coaches' wives. We haven't shouted out the coaches' wives lately. Shout out to the coaches' wives. You put up with a lot of nonsense. <laughs> I, trust me, I'm not a coach, but I have a wife. <laughs> and she puts up and with a lot of nonsense. And she puts up with a lot of nonsense. <laughs> I know you guys deal with it even more. So, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you. Voting closes each Friday at noon on TexasFootball.com, with the winner being announced on Texas Football today shortly thereafter. This is the last week, guys. Last week of the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week uh, voting. On Monday, we will announce the 10 finalists for the award. And then the next Monday, the Monday before state, we will announce the 2019 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. Your regional your regional semifinal. Kind of you got to keep it straight which one it is. Your regional semifinal, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Manville running back Donovan England. 19 carries, 288 yards, and five touchdowns as Manville roared past Barbers Hill. Hamlin running back Javon Williams, 17 carries, 196 yards, and seven touchdowns for Hamlin. Hamlin Wellington this week. Waco La Vega running back Elisha Cummings, 200 or 20 carries, 236 yards, and five touchdowns. Oh, on it's the like 200 carries. That's, that that's quite a workload. Quite a workload. That's a state, that's a state record. <laughs> Abernathy quarterback Bryson Daly, 12 carries, 250 yards, and five touchdowns rushing, 61 yards and a touchdown passing, and 25 yards receiving for Abernathy. Abernathy Canadian next this week. San Antonio Harlan quarterback Cannon Williams, 400 yards and five touchdowns passing, and two touchdowns on the ground as Harlan gave Wagner all sorts of a scare. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial quarterback Carter Centerfit. 377 yards and four touchdowns passing as Veterans Memorial roared past Corpus Christi Miller. Dumas quarterback Spencer Williams, 181 yards and two touchdowns passing, 123 yards and two touchdowns on the ground as Dumas takes down Decatur. Bremond running back JT Anthony, 37 carries, 249 yards and five touchdowns rushing in Bremond's overtime win over Flatonia. Lamb passes quarterback Ace Whitehead. Matt steps all in person. He went 18 of 21 for 395 yards and four touchdowns passing. He ran for 85 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He kicked seven PATs and a field goal for Ace Whitehead. 
And San Antonio Wagner running back L.J. Butler had 18 carries for 209 yards and three touchdowns on the ground in Wagner's win over San Antonio Harlan. So those are your regional semifinal Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Be sure to vote right now at TexasFootball.com. It's on the right side of the page. TexasFootball.com. Vote early, vote often, vote now. I believe this is the last week as well, isn't it? This is. This is the last Mm -hmm. week. So get your votes in. And then next month, so we'll announce the winner of this voting on Friday. We will announce the 10 finalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award on Monday, a week from today. And then two weeks from today, we are naming, we're naming the, the guy. Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year will be announced on two weeks from today. We should probably figure that out. Let's oh, we're supposed to be doing that? Oh, no. I, yeah. Oh, jeez. I didn't know I put that. Ashley in charge of that. Ooh, I, yeah. mm, I thought Will was in Oh, well. we'll yeah, Will. I think it was we'll Will. We'll figure it out. We'll pull some what about Powers? Together. I think we should just deem Powers to be the person. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one school from each cl- public school classification with the Team of the Week Award. Each school selected throughout the course of this program best exemplifies Texas high school football. Your regional semifinal, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Galena Park, North Shore. The Mustangs avenged their week one loss to rival Katie as Demetrius Davis and Zachary Evans led the way to a resounding 56-35 win over in the regional semifinal. It's funny how we didn't even mention that. Hey, <laughs> North Shore beat Katie. Yeah. <laughs> in 5A, San Antonio Wagner. In a while back and forth affair, the Thunderbirds got 209 yards and three touchdowns on the ground from L.J. Butler to hold off previously unbeaten San Antonio Harlan, 48-46. In 4A, Dumas! The Demons continue to make history in 2019, surging into the regional final for the first time with a 38-35 win over previously unbeaten Decatur. In 3A, Brock, the Eagles scored the final minute to force overtime, and Cash Jones plunged in for a game-winning two-yard touchdown in overtime as Brock took out previously unbeaten Bushland, 20-17. In 2A, we just talked to their coach, Valley View. In a nip-and-tuck affair, the Eagles used speed and a critical fake punt to pull away with a resounding 33-14 win over perennial power Crawford. And in 1A, Strawn. In a Thanksgiving night affair, the Greyhounds avenged a district loss to arch-rival Gordon, pulling away for a 64-40 victory. So those are your regional semifinal Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Galena Park North Shore. In 5A, San Antonio Wagner. In 4A, Dumas. In 3A, Brock. In 2A, Valley View. And in 1A, Strong. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. All righty. One last thing to do, guys. And that is to dust off the final 2019 edition of the Campus Crawl. The Campus Crawl. Taking a look at the 12 FPS teams in the state of Texas. Because for eight of those teams, the season... It's over. It's over for eight of the teams. We're only going to have four teams bowling. That's crazy. I don't like that. Not a good year. Nope. No. Bad year. Like you had, obviously, SMU and Baylor don't think it's a bad year. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone else thinks it's a bad year. Yeah, it's yeah. a bad year. Everyone else. That stinks. Basically, only two teams are like, yay! <laughs> All right. Once again, we have a mystery order. If you can guess the mystery order. Uh, Ashley will tussle your hair at our uh, subscriber get-together before state. Oh, that is not accurate. Is that not true? Mm, no. We are going to have, by the way, I guess we should probably start talking about this. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's about time to yeah. wheel okay. that out. So, if you're Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, we're going to have a meetup. Uh, an insider-exclusive meetup the Saturday morning before the state final day of the state championship games at Texas Live 
the amazing entertainment venue that's right next to AT&T Stadium. Uh, we will have, if you're a, if you're an insider, you got to be an insider to come. We're going to have an RSVP page coming up on TexasFootball.com here shortly. As soon as we get it up, we will blast it all over social media. We'll mention it every day on the show. Uh, but you got to RSVP. It's free. All you got to do is tell us you're coming. Um, I think it's going to be you and a guest, I think is what it's going to be. I don't know. We'll probably that. finalize that today. Uh, we'll probably finalize that today. But anyway. We have a meeting later. But we'll have food. You can get a selfie with Matt Stepp. You can get a selfie with William Wilkerson. Also ish. Look at him. He's ready for all your selfies. No. <laughs> ish is gonna be Ish is gonna be sitting at a table alone, like sit like playing on his phone, and Don't people are gonna come to up me. to him and be like, No. <laughs> absolutely not. He's gonna be stiff arming. But people. Ashley <laughs> Ashley will be there, and Ashley loves surprise high fives. So uh, it's coming up. That will be, I guess, on December 21st. So if you're going to be in Arlington, for subscri- we'll have our subscriber meetup. We'll have breakfast tacos. It'll be great. Can you give someone a surprise high five? Like, don't both people have to be in agreement for a high five? Or, like, they would just be hitting you? Campus crawl. The look. At, take a look at the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. We'll start with SMU. Uh, well, that looked bad for a minute. Uh, against Tulane, but credit to them on on pulling it out at, at the last moment and figuring something out. I mean, they were getting gashed on the ground by Tulane uh, for a long stretch of this time, but in the end, uh, Shane Bouchelle stepped up through three touchdown passes. Xavier Jones ran for a couple scores, uh, and they're a 10-win team, mm-hmm. and SMU's a 10-win team. An unmitigated success for SMU this year. Um they, the, more importantly for me, what was most impressive about this year's t- this team is that they tightened up when they needed to. That there was a moment there where it looked like Tulane was about to start this this roll, but they scored 16 points in the four, fourth quarter to pull away and end up winning 37 to 20. Uh, impressive win for SMU. They finished the year 10 and 2 uh, and now await a bowl game. Next up, Texas Tech. Um, well, it started <laughs> off really good. That yeah. first quarter. Like you start going, heck, I would say even like halfway through the second quarter, right. you were like, okay, they are going to make Texas sweat. But Texas hit the gas and the defense really started collapsing there in the middle and, and they got lit up uh, by Sam Ellinger uh, through the air. This was a, again, when I, and we're going to do postmortems for all these teams, uh, but what we're going to talk about for, for, um, for Texas Tech is A, we're going to have to have a conversation about what that quarterback situation is like because I thought Jet Duffy actually played pretty well in this game. Mm-hmm. B, there are a lot of close games for Tech that if you get one or two plays in your direction, suddenly this is a bull team. But C, it's same song, different verse in the sense that they just don't have enough defense right now. Right. It also did <clears throat> not help that their best defender didn't play. Jordan Brooks didn't play in this game. That hurt big time. But they lose 49-24. They finished the year at... Uh, four and eight. Next up, North Texas. Well, I mean, if you want to know how the season went, they just fired both their coordinators. Um, the uh, the the ongoing name of the game for Mace, for for this um, this team ended up being that they could not consistently run the ball, and their offensive line could not protect Mason Fine. Mason Fine continued to run for his life. And in the end, this is going to be a disappointing end to Mason Fine's career. Um, he Trey Siggers got hurt. Trey Siggers got hurt. They ended Bad. up giving they, they ended up giving the ball to DeAndre Torrey a fair amount in this game. 
Um, but they were not able to establish any sort of offensive rhythm. UAB is a decent defense, so I, I don't want to take anything away from them. But in the end, this comes down to a, 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 a big problem in the offensive line. Which has been that way for it's so been, long. It's been that way all year. All year, basically. Sorry, I was, I was distracted on Twitter because like, everybody was freaking out because a very good fake account just tweeted that Mike Leach had accepted the Ole Miss job. Very and a uh, very good fake account with a Photoshop graphic and everything of oh, Mike wow. Leach. Um, but it was a very, it was one of those like the I is, in, is supposed to be the L in like a name. Oh. And it looked really good, like a Ole Miss beat, like the Ole Miss beat reporter for two. Who's the guy? Seven. Who's the anyway, guy? Sorry, that's why I was like, who's I was the guy like, on Twitter so that always does his fakes. Oh, Uncle Chaps. Uncle Chaps. Yeah, got Chaps. It wasn't. It wasn't Chaps, but it was somebody like that. Sorry, that's why I haven't said anything. Anyway, I was like trying to confirm North that, that was fake. <laughs> anyway, North Texas was about to go breaking news. <laughs> I was like, Mike, is Mike Leach back in the SEC? No, he's not. It is a fake account. North so. Texas is four and eight. Yeah, uh, and it's a un- understandably disappointing season, and we're gonna have to have a talk about what. Um, Seth Luttrell's status is heading into next year. Yeah, we'll see. Baylor! You know, for a team that, if there is a knock on Baylor this year, it is that they have not looked dominant. Style points? They finally <laughs> racked up some style points. They wait until the final regular season game, but they finally racked up some style points. Mm-hmm. That was what we were looking for. Taking on a bad team and drilling them. That's what happened. Um, and so they, they ended up winning 61-6 to over Kansas. It's on to the next one. It's the Big 12 Championship where you've got to feel like at the very least, you're going to have a shot at the playoff if you win. Uh, but overall, for Baylor, I mean, this was their most complete game against a bad Kansas team that had pretty much given up on the season as well. But don't take anything away from it. They finally racked up some style points. That's important if they're going to get into the playoff. On the other side of it, TCU. <laughs> like, that needs to be a gift. I... <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just like, that's so disappointing. Yep. Yeah. That, like, you have a shot at a bowl game at home against a bad team, <laughs> and you end up losing 20-17, to 17, and it's the same song, different verse. It feels like all of the growth that Max Duggan had made throughout the year, he mm-hmm. gave it all back. Yep. He was straight up bad in this game. His receivers didn't help, but, I mean, I will just tell you that this was a, and basically, look, this was the Jalen Rager show. Jalen Rager continues to be their best player. He had a kick return touchdown or punt return touchdown that basically was most of their offense. But the thing is, the defense played really well, but they just could not, the offense could not set their defense up for success. And so they lose 20 to 17, and they're missing a bowl. They're 5 and 7. They're missing a bowl. And just super disappointing. It's a bad year in the Big 12. Bad year in the Big 12. Texas State. Well, they covered. Speaking of uh, coaching changes, too. Yeah, they made big co- coaching changes, too. They fired uh, Bob Stitt, offensive coordinator. They let go of Ron Antoine and Brett Dewhurst, I believe, the tight ends and wide receivers coaches. So well, they're making moves. Look, the offense, the, I mean, the offense just is, is, was a non-entity this year. Mm-hmm. And once again, against Coastal Carolina, who, again, is not a terrible they're, team. They're better this year than they've fair. been. They're fair. Yeah. But you shouldn't, I mean, that's still a game you should win. I'll be on a positive note, and I'll say Brian London became the all-time leading tackler in Texas yes. State history, so there's something to, there's a feather in the cap for his awesome career. He's been killing it for four years. Certainly so. deserving, yeah. He never played on a great team. That's nope. the problem. It's a shame, yeah. right, because he was a stud for that team. But Texas State finishes 3-9. and nine. UTSA, well, I mean, we could talk about Louisiana Tech, 
Uh, but, I mean, they got lit up by Jamar Smith. And, I mean, I will say they put in JoJo Weeks, and JoJo Weeks looked decent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Didn't look great, but looked decent. Sincere McCormick, I think, is a bright spot for whoever takes over this program. But the name of the game for UTSA is where they go next. Um, I, I I mean, there, there's a number of names being kicked around. I think you call Joey McGuire at Baylor and make him tell you no. Um, but he is a recruiter as well, if you want to get into that. Um no, I, I think he would be. A, I think he would be a good, good hire think, for them. But I think someone like Larry Fedora, Larry should be, Fedora's uh, an interesting on your choice. radar. And honestly, if the guy I make to say no first is Red Lashley at SMU, yeah, I like make, he's co- he's been around. I believe he was at Auburn right beforehand. Mm-hmm. So like he's been in the SEC. He's completely turned SMU around. Helped te- turn SMU around in year two Ooh. under uh, Sonny Dykes. So, and he kind of fits. I think what they're going for, which is somebody who can get that offense working. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, I think you make a call to Tom Herman. See if he'll <laughs> Jimbo Fisher. Just get out of, just get out of town. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher. See if they want. Um, no, I yeah, I think Rhett Lashley is a really interesting choice yeah. and a guy obviously who now is kind of ingrained in the Texas culture. Mm-hmm. Which could be a good fit. Uh, Texas. Uh, look, I mean, they finished uh, on a strong suit in, in, in a game that started off horrifyingly for them. Yeah. Started off very bad, where Texas Tech ran up and down the field on them. Defense, especially in the passing game, the secondary is still a mess, and it was a mess all year long. But Rashawn Johnson and Sam Ellinger bailed them out. Uh, Devin DuVernay had a huge game, massive game for them. Uh, and yeah, Texas 7-5, and five, that's disappointing by Texas standards. Uh, but at the same time... Good, not according to their AD. <laughs> yeah, the AD Del Conte Man. had some had some quotes. Yeah. He had mouth. some quotes. Um, but in any case, I don't think. I mean, look, we we talked about it. How we all got wrapped up in the bowl game win over Georgia mm-hmm. when that's a really deceiving data point. Now, I also think that Texas has a decent chance to be good in 2020 because a lot of that's coming back, mm-hmm. and I think the schedule is going to break it in a, in a way that's going to be favorable to them. But overall, disappointing. Uh, I would say for for Texas, they finished seven and five. Sam Ellinger, solid game. Rashawn Johnson was very solid in this game as well. Texas A and M. Um, speaking of teams that I think could have a big bounce back twenty twenty, uh, you wouldn't think it based on what we last saw, but I also don't know what anybody expected. Right? Um, this this became abundantly clear in about the first three drives how this game was going to go that LSU was going to put the hammer down and they were not going to let up on it. And they ended up winning 50-7. to seven. Um, Look, LSU's awesome. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, but A&M, th- this was just pretty much a complete collapse. The, the disappointing thing for me was the offense. This is not a great LSU defense. It's a fine LSU defense, but mm-hmm. it's not this great world-beating LSU defense. But they got mauled up front. Kellen Mond did not play well. And um, it was the offense. I would have. Uh, it, it's weird to say, but like if this game were fifty to twenty-one, I would have felt a lot better about it. But that offense was completely and totally stymied uh, until this game was completely out of hand. Kellen Mond goes ten for thirty for ninety-two yards and three picks. Uh, they ended up only getting about a hundred and sixty yards total offense. It was a bad game for the offense, and that's the most disappointing thing to me. I thought they were going to be able to move the ball, and they, they certainly were, and then they got absolutely torched by Joe Burrow, who's going to win the Heisman. And by the way, um, <clears throat> 2020, best, AC, best quarterback in the SEC, Kellen Mond? Uh, yeah, I mean, who, who are you taking over Kellen Mond in that SEC coming back? 
Taking Bo Nix over Kellen Mond? No. No? I'm not. So. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it, It'll be, get better. Yeah. It'll get better. Maybe that Alabama And they have, like, Mac yeah, Lewis. someone said, or Hector Rios said, they also have, like, 19 home games next year. Yeah. <laughs> they play every, they they really play do. Every, they play yeah. every game. All their road games are in Bryan. Yep. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the hottest team in the state. Your Rice Owls. Rice is on a three-game heater. To finish the year, they beat UTEP thirty to sixteen. I was I am a little embarrassed to admit that I saw you at the Star, Ashley, you on did. Saturday. I was there. Uh, we chatted. We did. Uh, and then for the second half of uh, of Arlington and Denton Geyer went up to the press box. And what did I put on my computer? Not a high school football game. No, I watched the second right. half of Rice and UTEP. <laughs> um, look. Aston Walter is uh, a, a former Crosby star. He really broke out for this team. The offensive line started playing better. The defense continues to be very solid. And there's a good foundation there at, at Rice. Uh, they have sucked me back in. I'm in. A, a, a three-game heater. Their first three-game winning streak since, I think, 2016. Uh, but Rice, the hottest team in the state. They finish the year 3-9. and nine, But more importantly, they finish the year on a three-game winning streak. They beat Utah. Houston, and thus ends one of the most bizarre seasons yeah. in Texas college football history. <laughs> uh, they lose to Navy, uh, fifty-six to forty-one, and again, like we now, Navy runs wild on them, four hundred forty-seven yards. Uh, but again, like we've said before, that, that playing Navy is just a measure of how well you play Navy. Uh, fifty-six points is a lot, though. Four hundred forty-seven yards on the ground is a lot. Eight yards of carry is a lot. Um, I thought that Clayton Toon, you got you got a real mixed bag from him because there were times where he looked great, and then he also threw four picks. Um, the biggest thing was that they were not able to establish the running game of their own. Um, look, next year, I mean, Derek King is obviously going to be the starting quarterback if he doesn't go pro. Um, he's obviously going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, the the interesting, and we're going to have a lot of conversation about Houston in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But Dana Holgerson has set himself up where they better win next year. Mm-hmm. If they don't win next year, that seat gets white hot in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So he's putting all his eggs in one basket. We're going to find out how it works out. Houston finishes 4-8, and eight, and I didn't think I'd be saying that. And finally, UTEP. Um, I mean, look. They're not going to fire Dana Dimmel, uh, but... UTEP goes 1-11. They go 0-8. They do not beat an, FC, an FBS team. Um, they gave Gavin Hardison some run in this game, and he looked okay at times. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is that this is a team that wants to run the ball. They are a team that wants to They want to be a team with an identity of being hard-nosed running the ball, and they cannot. Their offensive line just does not have the talent right now to, to match up up front. They only ran for 99 yards in this game, 3.1 yards per carry. And this is that's the biggest thing. Let me look at where they're going to end up finishing as far as rushing is concerned because that's going to be the most telling thing. You're listening to live coverage of you, Greg Tepper, looking at this. Okay, average. We'll go by yards per carry. They finish 101st in, in, in yards per carry. Um, I mean, behind Missouri, who is not a good rushing team, behind Eastern Michigan. Um, this is a team that right now – if this is our, like they are having an identity crisis because they want to have an identity, but they're bad at it. So something's got to give. And next year's a, I think next year's a big year for Dana Dimmel. 
they've got to show some improvement because it's a super disappointing year. They lose to Rice. They finish year 1-11. So that is your campus crawl. Did anybody guess the order? Um, so one of the guesses was north to south, which I don't think that that would be mm -hmm. right. Um, someone else said drawing names out of a hat, which is more possible. And then uh, Meese said, well, no, hang on. Sean Burnett said, no, Tony. It was Tony. He said, um, it's the order Hank picked the logos in. And then Meese responded with, Hank, pay attention. I need you to pick another one. No, you can't pick SMU again. He just kept picking the ponies. <laughs> he loves the ponies. So those were probably the two best ones because I have no idea what it is. It was an Ish. order of sacks allowed. Oh, did you know uh, that? Really? Hmm. So SMU allowed the fewest number of sacks. Really? Because I figured most. UTEP was running the ball more, yeah. so they weren't. Okay, that's UTEP, UTEP allowed like 35 sacks on the year. Okay. Um, yes. Hmm. Uh, which is probably, in fact, let me look up their sack rate. Because like, that's interesting because like, I figured UTEP being a more running-oriented team would not UTEP. Be, they would not count as sacks. No, I agree. You're, so, you're not wrong. That's interesting. But let's take a look at this. What's their sack rate? I mean, that just they were 114th in sack rate. I was about to say, that just shows how bad when they were when they dropped back to pass they as were few times they did. Yeah, they got sacked 9.3% of the time. Oh, boy. That is quite bad. Um, yes. So it was in order of sacks. Which the surprising thing was that North Texas was third. But the biggest, that's just Mason getting rid of the ball, right. basically. Yeah. Right. The ball away. Anyway, that was your campus crawl. The season finale of the campus crawl. Mm. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. All right. Um, first off, as soon as we moved on from the Ole Miss conversation, yeah. I get a text from Quinn, and he says, Mike Leach is leaving Washington State for Ole Miss. Two minutes later, wait, that might be fake. <laughs> yep, fake. Darn. <laughs> like, as soon as you I know, I was really – before I said anything on Always the show, I was, the like, profile, really guys. making yeah. sure. I was like, why is this – what? Always sure. click the profile. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then – the last one. I thought this was a really good question. Uh, Mies asked any coach in the country, reasonable or not, who would you like to see move up from Texas high school football and fill a spot? Is there any um, Texas high school so, football coaches? So, so Wait, say it again? North Texas made that leap where they go. Oh, a Texas high school football higher to. Yeah. yeah. No. Wait, are there any coaches that you I, could see anywhere I don't in think the country? You're, I don't think you're going to see the immediate jump from high school to college as head coach. Not anymore. They they tried it with Riley Dodge, yeah. or I'm sorry, with Todd, Todd, Todd Dodge, Dodge. It didn't work. Um, mm -hmm. so I think teams are always going to be gun shy. As far as guys, I'd like to see get a shot. Um, <gasps> yes, I think Riley Dodge will get a coordinator. I shot. think he's going to oh, yeah. like somewhere. He's going to get a coordinator job. He's so he's young. He's going to get a quarterback or offensive. He's so young. Um, I can't see him staying at South Lake Carroll forever. I think Sean McDowell at Richmond Foster is going to get a look. Um, That's solid. I think that. I would love to see like Jason Glenn at Klein Oak get a look too. Mm. I think he's really, really he's, I think he's an up and comer. Um, Somebody I would love to, I just don't see it because I don't see him getting. I feel like he should be getting higher classification looks as well as uh, Fazell. Jake Fazell, Gunner. Gunner. Like that offense is so unique to mm -hmm. what. But you'd have to have a college you have buy to, in on right, it. Right, exactly. You no. have to have a college buy in. But like somebody like Tulane's done it. But like I also feel like Fazell should be getting like higher classification, mm -hmm. like six A, five A looks too. But I feel like that unique offense should be attracting someone. I agree. So yeah. um, um, we'll make a list. We'll do we'll do a whole. That's segment. actually interesting. We'll do a whole yeah. segment of the yeah. offseason. That's that. interesting. That's a good one. That right. it. That's it for final thoughts. That's gonna do it for us. Thank you for spending. Do the do the wide shot. That's gonna do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow.
Texas Football Today. 